Well, hello and welcome to Has Opinions, episode 13. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel. Oh, I'm supposed to talk now. Hi, I'm Chris. <laughs> and Has Opinions is a podcast where we uh, just sort of talk about our opinions on different topics each week and just sort of whatever suits our fancy, whatever big news hit that week or whatever we're experiencing. Um, so, yeah. Um, how you doing, Chris? Doing all right. I'm trying to think of updates on my stuff. Uh, my SQL backups continues making videos, or I guess I should say in the last week since I did my first bulk set of videos, I've done more planning on the next video. So I have a solid plan of the next videos I will be recording. So what does planning look like for that? Do you sort of uh, drink some uh, medicinal herbs and then <laughs> go into your closet and turn on some quiet um, sitar music? Medicinal tequila. <laughs> I have um, a, a while ago, years ago, and actually the thing that made Service for Hackers exist is this habit I have of writing stuff in just Markdown files, and just it's just in a Dropbox that has a tons and tons of Markdown files, and I really just like write down notes and all that stuff, um, mostly in the form of like a process of how to do something, like uh, the commands I had to do exactly on this server to accomplish setting up an Apache server or some garbage like that. That all turned into blog posts and newsletter articles and stuff eventually. I do that now to plan also. So now I have like just some markdown files and it's like this video is going to be the intro video to, uh, you know, enabling your binary log on your MySQL server and then the next video and the next video and all that stuff. So it's actually written out what video I'm going to do. And in usually in some detail, like the command and configuration and all that stuff I'm going to run during that video. And then um, I sometimes, depending on how complex it is, I'll do a test run, just like doing it myself without recording. And then I'll actually record. That sounds very, I like the reduced friction. Like you're not adding to a Evernote thing, you know, one app into another app and, and then another one, like just straight up markdown. Yep. Just text in a file. I like it. With a plugin, plug I do with Sublime. There's a plugin that makes it look okay. Um, and not even like there's a preview of it. It just kind of formats it as you type it, which is kind of nice. That's cool. I think my ideas are I need to systematize because they're they're in Trello, they're in text, they're in a Google Doc, they're on a new you know a napkin in a sock drawer. Like I just need to go through and consolidate everything into one thing. I like the markdown in the Dropbox folder. I have all that stuff too. I have paper everywhere, notepads and stuff too. The markdown is really just like processes for doing specific tasks. Um, cool. So I'm actually not as organized as I as I made it sound. No, you sound organized. That sounds good. Cool. Um, I don't have. I think my only update is that I haven't. I need to write an update. So, so I guess I'm like five days into build hashtag build season <laughs> I, I i don't know why i have to say hashtag before i say it but it just sounds because <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's got that crazy scn at the end hashtag so, build hashtag. so yeah i'm and it's it's funny that whenever you try and do something new um everything else will conspire against you and so i uh, one of my contractors asked me last night or asked me just now, like, Hey, how's it, how's build season going? And I'm like, dude, I'm tired. I passed out last night, like real hard. Like I, Amanda was gone with one of our kids. The other two kids were chilling and I could have gotten a good quality hour or two. And I just, I just passed out. 
So it's been a hard week of client work and stuff and, and haven't, didn't get a lot of stuff done last night, but today, today I have time and energy and, uh, with the wherewithal to get stuff done. So I'm, I'm getting my up, I have an update due on Sunday. So I have today and tomorrow to get, get some stuff up. Cool. Let's do a podcast instead of actually do work. Yeah. Let's, let's do this. Well, this, I like the schedule of getting this out weekly. That's been, it's been yeah. good and consistent. So, right. So yeah. Build season, the update. So the update's going to be, I'm sort of cheating on this one. The update's sort of going to be everything leading up to, um, up to now, which has been like choosing a framework, choosing an app idea from a couple and then choosing, um, sort of a process that it's going to dictate the rest of the two months. So, um, that I've sort of leaned on that for the first update to just sort of, this is what's gone into it up to now. Yeah. I like that. Does that include setting up OBS and that kind of stuff? <laughs> yeah. Right. Like that's what I spent Tuesday on. I have some really crappy OBS recordings of me like, Hey, I'm live on Twitch. I think people can see me. Can you hear me? Um, nobody's like one person's watching, but they're not saying anything in chat. That's awkward. <laughs> You're the one person. And then I'm like, what am I supposed to, what am I supposed like, I'm, I'm sort of planning. So should I share my screen with like a sublime text document? And like, this is me typing things, ideas and thoughts. <laughs> it was a lot. I'm not really writing code. So. Yeah. It's really awkward at first too, until you kind of figure out how you like to present all that stuff too. Like, I think that's fine. Just writing down in a word doc or a, not a word doc, probably sublime or whatever. And just like processing your thoughts and making a list that is a text that other people can read alongside with you too. Yeah. And I might, now that I think you and uh, Travis and Hart are subscribed to my Twitch channel, hope I might nice. request that y'all go in there and just sort of, you know, see if everything is working and <laughs> if you can hear me and, and that type of thing. Yeah. Um, and I, and I want to set up my, I, I did purchase a Elgato stream deck like a couple months ago when I started, Oh, when I got fancy. my green screen, some other tools, you know, just spend buying things is progress, right? Like that's, you know, buying, domain names, buying tech is progress on work, but, um, I need to get that set up to where I can switch between scenes. And there's a, there's a YouTube video that I watched, um, that I'll put in the, in the notes on the show, but it's really good, um, concise explanation of sort of how to set up different scenes in OBS for a stream and, um, how to, and then the stream deck is, has these buttons where you can switch between them and you can program the buttons to do an OBS command and then switch from like a, uh, please, you know, you know, broadcast starting soon screen to a, this is a screen with my desktop and my face in the corner, or this is my full face, or this is the desktop and the chat or something like it's, it's pretty cool. So you're switching scenes. Yeah. And sort of just how to set those up. And it's really good. How to neat. I could use that. Maybe <laughs> I hope to have the need to use that. Cause I think that's kind of a really cool idea just to like kind of work more in public. Yeah. It's, it's really awkward, man. Like, especially in public where the camera is only on you and you can't see anybody else. That's, it's like working in a, in a, in a box or it's working in a room with reversible mirrors and you're on the wrong side of the, of the reversal. Is it reversible mirror? Is that what they're called? In those cop shows? Uh, Two way mirror. Two way mirror. Yeah. Yeah. That one. So that's what it feels like. Feels good. So yeah, that's my update. Like I need to get some rest and then just get to it. And I knew, I knew this would be, my update is sleep. This would take a lot of, I knew this two months was going to take a lot of energy, but I'm, I'm up for it. Cool. I look forward to seeing you on Twitch. (laughs) Awesome. So, um, yeah, so I think the topic for this week we're going to talk about is how, like, how do you choose 
projects for a, how do you choose what you're going to build for a side project or how do you choose what you're going to work on? And fortuitously, I got a tweet or I saw a tweet. I was actually um, setting up a buffered few buffered tweets for a uh, plugin that I'm launching on Monday. Um, it's actually live on my on shopplugins.com, but I'm, I set up a blog post and some tweets and some stuff to, and I was over in my, um, and, uh, my shop plugins, Twitter list. And I saw a guy tweet out, um, uh, a question to product people. So let me, let me find that and read it. Yeah. So it was Justin, uh, Justin Santon over at JS underscore Zao. And he said, hmm, product people. I have two ideas I think are equally viable and I'm equally excited about them for different reasons. How do you get, how do you go about choosing which one to go all in on? And so there's a, there's a bunch of responses in there. And my, my sort of uh, knee, knee jerk response was go with whichever sounds more fun and that you can get fast traction on and then get something in front of people with money fast. And, uh, I told you in the pre-show that I had just finished reading Peter Lovell's, uh, make book. Um, I, I gave it four stars on Goodreads. I think I'm the only one who's put it on Goodreads cause it's like, it's on Goodreads, but it's not, it doesn't have a description or a, or a cover image or anything. Um, I gave it four stars, but it's probably three and a half because I think if you've thought about products or shipped anything, you probably know most of the stuff that he's saying. Um, and it's it really just comes to a matter of doing what he says and, and shipping stuff. So, um, in that book, he talks about, um, ideas and he really, um, he refers to the, um, to the proof of people will buy something if they're interested in it. So get something like put, uh, put a, a buy now button in front of people and take money. And that is your proof. Like as soon as you can. Yeah. I don't think I mind that. Um, there, well, there's a lot of ways to go about building a product, and I guess maybe some of that informs what product you actually make also. Um, I think I do definitely like the idea of getting as much validation as you can up front, uh, especially in terms of getting money up front. That, that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's definitely Peter's style. He just kind of throws stuff out there all the time and then asks for money potentially ahead of time. But he's... That's like his niche also. He's like, he's not just a product person that makes products that people like, but he's also like his, his product, his brand is like, I'm the product dude who just gets shit out there really quick. Yeah. I ship it and make money and then have this golly G attitude of, Oh, lots of people liked it. <laughs> is there something behind the scenes? <laughs> is that what you're saying? I don't know. No, I, I don't think there is. I, I don't. I don't question be. his transparency. I just think it's it's funny the the G whiz attitude of wow, people liked it. Like yeah, dude, you've, right. you've shipped a lot of crap over those several years. That newest thing too, the airline spreadsheet that I don't know might turn into an app or something. That's pretty nice. Yeah, it, I don't know if he's gonna um like I don't know how to turn that into a monetized thing. I don't know if he has an idea for that or if he just wanted to make something. You know, I think it's a, it's an even better, there exist sites that sort of show you airline seats and sort of airline, uh, um, uh, I like duration and stuff, but his is really tapping into like an airline agony. Like how is this, is this airline on it's an airline, is this airline good? Is this flight good on so many other levels? If he could wrap that around a searching white, you know, have that as a filter or a lens you're looking through when you're searching for airlines, I think it'd be really useful. 
That'd be cool. Yeah, I would definitely like to know like what flight to book on what airline to get mm-hmm. and what like what was my pain index. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the pain thing too is that's a good way to put it. Or like for you, the agony you know, index, flying with a flying with a toddler. You know, how is that going to affect? <laughs> it doesn't matter what I do. <laughs> it's always painful. Yeah. So yeah, so I think that um, and the original tweet he didn't really like. It's sort of sparse of any type of detail of what industry what what type of product um this is looking for this project would be for but um i just really i really am and and, and so i haven't shipped anything very, you know i guess i shipped a plugin but like i don't really count that as far as a, a product but um i haven't shipped a SaaS or a product and that's sort of what build season's for but i'm really of the opinion of just whatever you're excited about now whatever you can get in front of people to see if they'll buy it like that's your ultimate form of validation yeah, I would definitely count those plugins as a product, as a thing that you've marketed and sold to people. Well, it was nice that I, I tweeted about the the plugin. One of the plugins is going live after the one on Monday. It's, it's slated to go live on Thursday, and I'm doing some final testing. Um, someone immediately tweeted back to me saying, "Oh, we're looking forward to this." You know, I've been there. I think she's a support staff on um for another plugin that this plugin works in conjunction with and so she said oh i've been telling people in our support tickets about that so that was a huge win that's great nice yeah that they're doing some, some validation there someone might be possibly probably gonna buy it yeah and they're they're doing some some marketing on their side or some getting the word out so that mm-hmm. was good to see but i think apart from you know money and stuff like what other factors go into um, go into choosing a product like you wouldn't would you pick a like some of the products that I know that of that are coming out like like uh, you tweeted about the refactoring UI um, book that's being written and I watched a video from that guy last night about refactoring UI like say you were you had the idea of writing this book um, what and it's not something that you're doing every day like you're not designing user experiences and you're not refactoring the stuff like um it's not tools that you already have in your belt um that would i think that would probably have to work into your choice of what you're doing yeah i mean i think i would stay away from products that are just outside of what i do right i think so i mean it seems clear now but really how many times have you heard somebody say, I'm going to do this because there's a market for it, but I have to first learn X, Y, and Z, t- you know, skills. I, I can never do that. So there's, I don't know if this is like a, just another false thing that people say about making products. Um, and like this kind of goes along with, it's about execution over the idea, but not necessarily this is about the execution. Um, I just like, I can't say there's a market for this. This is a product idea I have. I'm going to go build it because then I'm not interested in it. It's just like a thing that I think could work and like sell and make money. Um, but I don't care. <laughs> I don't right. care about this thing at all. So the other part of a part of that is, is I don't have those ideas and there are people who do, you know, so all those people will say like, Oh, I have a million ideas. I just never know like how to choose one or I don't want to do them. Or I'm not a product yeah, person. They don't have any experience. I don't know if I believe them. Like, I don't, I don't believe that, I guess. I don't know. But, or maybe that's just me. I'm just different in this way where I don't have ideas pop into my head. Or if I do, maybe I discount them as ideas at all. And I actually have ideas and don't realize I do because I'm not looking at it from that lens. I don't know what that is. Um, but I, I need to want to need to make a thing that's 
within my knowledge area or find an idea that's within like what I do. I think that, I think that that's not everybody. I don't think everybody does that. And I have a specific example. So man, I have to remember the time frame of this. I think this was 2004, 2005. Um, a friend at the time, he was a realtor, pretty successful realtor. And he came to me with the idea of, I mean, you see it everywhere now, right? Like every realtor sign has a text to this number and get information or it's even beyond that. Like even that's going out of, out of style now. Like now they have an app that you download and you can unlock the front door like through the app. Right. Uh, um, we've done that a couple of times when we were looking at houses, but, um, so back in 2004, the text thing hadn't happened and he had this idea and he comes to me because I'm technical, right? I'm a developer. And, um, I did some research into trying to figure out how to get a, a short code is what they're called for texting, you know, text one, two, three, four, five, and get a number back. And so, um, but this was sort of the classic trap. Like it was just sort of an idea that, um, I mean, he didn't, he, he didn't really, we didn't really talk numbers or investment or, you know, paying my salary as a co-founder, um, and putting the time into this, but it was a, it was an idea that he had and I had no experience whatsoever in the real estate, um, industry. That's, that was all his experience. Um, I was just supposed to be the technical type co-founder. Um, but I had no, excitement about it. You know, I was sort of like, yeah, this could probably, you know, you know, um, you know, every realtor is going to want this and how many realtors are there in our city and how are any cities in America and boom, a billion, a billion dollars. But, um, just the money wasn't enough to get me excited about it. Um, okay. So, so far you're proving my point, but it sounded like you're going to be a contrarian to my point at first. I know, I know, I'm just, <laughs> but it's just, that was the only, I, that was only like, I think that I think that normally people in that situation where they're sort of co-founders, they could sort of talk each other back and forth and get excited about an idea that then fizzles out and doesn't really keep them motivated through the hard times of launching. Yeah, that's interesting. And maybe that's part of the execution part being important. But I mean, the idea, I mean, the ideas are hard or businesses are hard, right? So um, they are. So just pick something I mean, just you either you about. have that excitement or you have a milestone that you can reach super quick that will generate that excitement and get you some feedback. Right. And I think some people enjoy building a business, I guess. What I've heard people actually enjoy that, even if the idea like the idea is less important than the excitement of building something, um, which is not me. So I don't know if I can fully emphasize with that, but apparently it's a thing. Yeah, I don't I can't think of an example of that. I love I've just heard about it on all the random business podcasts. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know if any of that was firsthand either, so maybe that's another myth. Well, those random business people then need to come on this random opinions podcast and talk about their random businesses. Cool. All you randos, come email us. <laughs> that can't backfire whatsoever. <sighs> which was you can which, may or may not edit that out if you want. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll leave it in. So yeah, I was watching, um, I was watching, um, Matt Stoffer. I think, uh, he had a video on Laravel since my current phase right now is watch all the Laravel videos to educate myself before I start actually writing code. He, um, uh, Andre, uh, Butov was on, uh, like jumped on the video and into the Twitch stream. And so it was funny. Like, Hey, I see people I know. Nice. Good. Yeah. What was Matt doing? He was doing a Nova, uh, 
package or do, working with Nova. And but oh yeah, okay. actually, that's like a series. He's done a few of those. Yeah, the first part of the video was just him screwing around the OBS settings, and that's why I was like, oh my gosh, I totally relate to this. I don't know how to use OBS either. Yeah, that thing's a beast. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that we have any. Like, I don't think anybody can give a hard and fast rule on this is how you choose a product. I think it is everyone's different. Everyone has a different place in life. Everyone has different ideas. I don't know that there's a really good guidelines for how to choose a product. Yes. So I have a quote unquote framework on my ideas on choosing a product, but the way you just worded that makes me think it's not necessarily a framework so much as just what my situation might be, but maybe it works for other people too. I don't know. Um, I originally started service for hackers because at some point I knew that like not having server knowledge in my coding career was becoming an issue. And I was in a phase where I was really into just learning more stuff. Um, and that just produced or out of that came just me learning about server stuff. And out of that, uh, I just wrote down all the stuff in Markdown files, like I mentioned earlier. Right. So I had this huge directory of Markdown files with processes of how I accomplished certain random things. And from that, I was able to make the service for hackers newsletter. So the reason why I made the newsletter is because specifically I had this idea of building my own audience yeah, but I did not have the idea of doing that to make a product. So I don't know why I did this. I think I did it just because I wanted more Twitter followers. But um, this idea of building an audience, luckily, is very, very useful for making products. Like having an audience ahead of the product is super useful. Um, and I've used it to not make SASs, but to sell courses. And the courses have more than exceeded my salary some years and, you know, other years not, especially the first few. And um, that is sort of my idea of how to make a successful product is to <laughs> spend years growing an audience first. So, Hey, good guy. If you need a buddy quick and you need to build a product, just spend a few years getting an audience first. So I don't know if that really works, but I do like that idea. Cause that's, that's like what, um, refactoring UI is that's that refactoring UI. I think it's going to be super successful for Adam and Steve and, and it's, and it's super good what they're doing and the, the information they're putting into that, but it has built off of Adam's audience, which has ever been increasing the Laravel through his courses, through his stuff. And then Steve through like the tweet tips he's done and everything and his, how many Twitter followers he's gotten and their huge email list. And they're building this audience ahead of their, their product. You know, they're not making a thing and then releasing it and saying, here I am. Mm -hmm. And that is all going to go into being very, uh, to working very well with them. So like, how do you build an audience? Building an audience is all about putting useful information out there on the internet for other people consistently over time so that people follow you and subscribe to your newsletter and all that good stuff. Um, and from that, my framework of, so audience first, right? And my audience is like server or programmers who also might may or may not have to touch the servers occasionally or, you know, complete DevOps people who are doing that full time. So if I was going to do a product, I think it would be in that space. Um, it would be in that space. So that's actually nice because it limits the possibilities of the type of products that I would make, like the courses I do. If I ever did a SaaS, the SaaSes I would do. Um, 
and it's also stuff I'm interested in, right? Because I've, I've been able to go this far on it. It is stuff I'm definitely interested in. So I think that could work together, you know, to make products, um, you know, and it has for the courses. So I don't know. I wouldn't really call that a framework, but I do kind of like that as a way to go in general. Um, but of course, this depends on what stage in life you are at too, right? Because you can't just be like, oh, I'm going to build an audience and now I have to delay making a product a year or something like that. That's true. But my question for you with service for hackers, what level of, you know, what, what level belt were you when you started the audience building? Like, were you like, I know how to log in via SSH. What can I do now? Let me share with you my journey. Oh, uh, I was a little past that. It was not the beginning of my journey. Cause like, remember when I said I had all those markdown files of like how to do stuff. I actually had to do servery stuff through, uh, a one and a half jobs at that point. Not a lot, but enough um, to know some stuff. But it was really not a lot. Like compared to what I know now, four years later, um, it is. It, it was pretty early in like the server knowledge sphere. Okay. So a lot of it was like a lot of it was you know right, just writing down what I learn as I learn it. So I think I should word it that way. Answer your question that way. It was definitely like, oh, I just heard about this Nginx. Let's see how to configure Nginx. Okay, I'm going to write this down in the Markdown file. Okay, I'm going to put this out in the newsletter. That makes sense. The reason I think that I think that if someone, I think a majority of people could be at the place where they're like, I want to build an app, but I think building an audience is a good idea. But my my knowledge is very very limited. And they would then that would make them hesitate in sharing. Yeah. And I think there's very easily can get into this trap. So the problem here is that we're giving business advice and people listening to this might be starting from the business advice and not be starting from an interest that they have. You know what I mean? Like it's you like hearing someone talking about business and making an app and saying, oh, it starts with some interest or something. And then you're looking for an interest. So now, you know, what I'm interested in, I want to make in, uh, some audience out of some interest I have. And you're choosing out of thin air some random interest <laughs> versus actually starting with having an interest and writing about it and learning about oh it. Oh, my gosh. So oh yeah. like Peter talks about that in his book and he and he he says people ask me all the time. What if I don't have any interests? He he literally says be a more interesting person then go out and find <laughs> some interests. And I, I don't mind that answer. It's glib, but like, what else can you tell people? It's about so you know what I mean? glib, but yeah, it does like get out there. It's funny. It, it, I think I've talked about this on a previous episode with the college person, like go out and live some life, get some, you know, get some dirt on you, like go and try different things. And that's where you find interesting problems to solve. But it's such a, it is, it does sound like a glib answer, but it's really, it's really the same thing is go out and be more interesting, go out and try more stuff. And yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, it, I guess it goes down to spend time after hours learning things or during hours or whatever works for you, you know, right. work hours. I don't know what would work best. I actually learned during work hours because uh, I worked at a marketing agency and we had a summer slow period. So I had some free time, um, which was pretty lucky. But I was also single then. I didn't have a. Uh, I didn't have a wife. I didn't have a kid. <laughs> so, you know, it's all definitely related to what stage of life you're in. Also, oh, be quiet. You're married to video games. Just say it. I no no. Actually, <laughs> then I was in a period where I didn't play many at all. Uh, um, 
I went through this phase of being a productive individual. <laughs> Although, I don't know. I was productive at work hours. I don't know what I did after hours. So it's, nothing, I mean, even though, even with a family though, it's a sacrifice. You want to get ahead. It's a sacrifice. You want to have, you don't want to not be a dinosaur with old out of date technical abilities. It's a sacrifice. You've got, you know, Stephen Covey's seven habits. You've got to sharpen the saw and that takes, that yeah. takes you away from other activities. Yeah, I suppose no matter what age you are, you still end up allocating time to, I don't know, we'll call this professional development or something. You're still allocating time that you could spend on something else to this activity that can maybe build you an audience. So sacrifice either way. For some people, it's an easier sacrifice and more of a mental game to get get into it. Other people, you actually have real time constraints um, or need for money, need to do extra work, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that's not discounting those needs. Like you you need some money. You need to take care of a family member. You need to do those things. Do it like that's your responsibility. No one's going to look sideways at you. Um, It's just not your time to do this, you know, side project or whatever platform building. Yeah, that got that makes sense. That got real. But yeah, so I think (laughs) I think that working through that here, the answer I'd give to Justin is, yeah, what um What's what are you excited about? What do you have sort of some knowledge in and what can you take maybe longer time to to build out? Um, Because his time frames for one idea was like four to six weeks and the other idea was two to four months. So I'm thinking like if you're more excited about he and he is more excited about the two to four months one, then I would say, yeah, go for that one then and, and just do it in public. He's also underestimating that, but we don't have to tell him that No, we won't. We won't. We'll let him discover that. That's funny. Cool. Yeah. I do, have, I do have, do I have a random thought or two? I think I do. Um, I guess in theory, people will tell you making products is about researching things. So like doing keyword research, finding Google trends, that kind of thing to see, you know, what things are becoming popular. This, I kind of don't like that advice only because it's starting with a place of not having um something you're really interested in and want to build a product around it's kind of that phase where you're searching for stuff and deciding um this is again the idea of like am i just doing something because i've listened to business podcasts and i want to like i know i want to do something but i don't know what versus starting with a place of i really like uh this audience i like talking about this stuff and how can i make a product around that i guess you can do that uh you know research for either situation but um uh the main point i want to make i guess the point of like this random business research idea that you hear everywhere that i do like is that i like going into a market where there are competing apps or apps that you are going to be competing with just because it means that there's a market that people are willing to pay money for um Sorry, Travis. that's another <laughs> Sorry, yeah exactly <laughs> that's another um, that's like one of those things that is common to hear on business podcasts right now. And a lot of the stuff you hear that's common, I'm always suspicious of, but I do think I actually like that piece of advice. Like there's money there. So go to where the money is. Yeah. Cause that is survive. That is survival and lifeblood for a business money. So not goodwill or exposure or, you know, anything else. Yep. Kind of make the money. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think I think we're I think we both have our our ways of choosing things and that's not or at least no longer the 
the stopping point or the block uh, blockage for us. And I think it's more, we, if we have an idea, you know, my sequel backups.tv or, or what I'm building in build season, it's uh it's now just, you know, get down to execution. It's the, you know, let's get down to business and get some code written and get some stuff shipped. Yeah. And it's actually, it's hard to talk from other points of view that you were earlier in life or years ago or whatever it is, uh, because you're not at that point in your life right now. So it's hard to remember that and like, remember the mindset you're in and everything. It's true. I can imagine myself as a, you know, 22 year old developer, you know, who just didn't know to speak up in meetings, you know, just sort of attended and didn't say anything, tried not to get noticed and just sort of did my job. So where I am now is a way different place than my perspective then. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Um, well, I will say I learned that by working in small companies after I graduated rather than larger ones where it's easier to the, not just like kind of be in the background. Um, so if anyone is young and listening, potentially look for small like agencies or something like that to work in. Random advice. Definitely. Take it or leave it. I don't know. <laughs> did you have, it might be good advice. Might did not you be. have like a mentor at the smaller company that someone who, or were you sort of seen as the tech person and figure stuff out mm, and bring back I don't information? Know if either of those are true, but I, I figured stuff out, I guess is the main point. There's definitely people there I could ask and people who had really good ideas and had a, uh, you know, kind of punch through a problem. But, um, I, I think, I don't know, maybe it was my personality or just, you know, young twenties, you have a lot of energy, but I was able to figure out coding problems. I was good at coding. So that's what I did. That's the kind of thing where I kind of figured out for myself. Is that true? I think that's true. Yeah. I don't think I'm lying to anyone there. <laughs> no, someone's going to come out of the woodwork. I remember you. There's certainly no definite like person who I, who I, um, went to for like a lot of coding challenges or, um, just like professional development. Then that was all just like Googling, uh, stuff, right? Google was popular then I started, oh man, I was doing a lot of WordPress very early in my career and there was oh, wow. a lot. Yeah. And Google was older. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess I haven't talked about it. I was like, we had a few projects at this agency where we were kind of deep into WordPress, um, like multi-site. And I remember Google being annoying because even then there were so many resources on WordPress that, you know, finding new ones was hard. Finding the right documentation for like this thing was hard to find the right hooks inside of WordPress and all that stuff. Um, and I can only imagine that being worse now because everyone and everyone and everyone's blogging about it. Well, there's Stack Overflow though, too. Yeah, so maybe it's all congregated to Stack Overflow because I don't that didn't exist back then. Wow, I don't know what year this was, two thousand nine, ish, and after. I don't know when Stack Overflow started, but I didn't know about it then, or just it wasn't coming up in my Google searches. I'm going to refrain from sharing any type of stories that are. This is how we developed pre-internet. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I just I don't okay. want to go there right now. Those stories exist just now. I think it was a, let's just say there was a MSDN subscription where you would receive a big nice. old wallet full of CDs with documentation yep. on it. And that okay, was good. a lot of money to get, but it was worth it. Nice. Wow. MSDN too. So was it .NET stuff? Yeah, I did. Um, it was like, it was C++ in... Uh, MFC Microsoft Foundation classes. So yeah, we, it was a 
horrible as a horrible framework to use to build windows native apps and nice. um that's what we used in the yep. late 90s right well not doing that anymore php yep easier language it is i'll never leave it and some javascript so right yeah but i'm i'm very hesitant to add that because my javascript is very limited which hopefully will be not the case for very much longer but still yeah javascript yeah i have opinions that can be a whole nother episode it can be it can be and we probably should i forgot to mention like with the sort of choosing the side project um i mentioned to you that that dinner i had with uh with college friends who he got he got a CS degree same time I did, and or maybe a year plus or minus, and uh, has been in the Air Force and now he's looking at retiring and looking to get into tech. And so, um, my advice for him was much different than it is for someone going into college, but still kind of the same. Um, you have he has some time as far as runway, um, but sort of how the the framework for choosing a place to start up his tech career. Um, similar to choosing a side project, but you know, what tools do you have? What excites you? What problems can you solve type of thing? Cool. Did you get to any conclusion? No, I mean, I think that it, there's only so, like I shared my story and Amanda was there too. So she got to share sort of her perspective of, um, uh, being a stay at home mom, homeschool mom through, through this 10 years that, that I've been working independently. And, uh, I think really we just sort of shared our, our story and everything's now on, on their plate. Um, cause he has to execute on it. And I think I've learned in sharing, this is how you start a business, uh, information over the years. It's really, I have no investment or no stake in the success of the other person that I'm sharing it with. All I do is share my story and it's up to them to execute on it or not. Much like this podcast episode. Much like the podcast episode, which we really hope that you're enjoying listening to us ramble on about this, but <laughs> it is called Has Opinion, so that's what it's for. Uh, do you want to share um, how you came up with the idea of what you're building a build season, or is it too early? No, I can go ahead and share that now, because I'm going to talk about it on Sunday. Um, it really it really fits uh, Peter Level's sort of framework for choosing things. Um, he was a digital nomad and, and figured out he, he didn't know, he knew he could go to Bali and Bangkok and, um, uh, places in Thailand to be a digital nomad, but then he wanted to go somewhere else and he went to Vietnam and he's like, Whoa, it is totally, um, it's, it's super inexpensive to live here plus, but the internet is horrible. And so I can't get my work done minus. So that's how he started nomad list, which is one of his biggest products now, um, by aggregating this, this data, um, for digital nomads. And so he started off as a digital nomad. So my product that I'm going to build is actually, uh, for people, um, who are running shops using easy, easy digital downloads. So an e-commerce, um, plugin on top of WordPress. And so I launched shop plugins in 2015, started building it in 2014. And at the time, uh, and maybe still now uh, easy digital downloads is one of the best solutions for selling plugins that need a licensing requirement. And at the time they had the best licensor, um, plugin or uh, sort of add on, um, WooCommerce. It's funny. I sell WooCommerce plugins using EDD, which is always a running joke, which I think is hilarious. But, um, 
people can sell plugins with WooCommerce. It's just the licensor. I don't have any faith in it and I didn't want to build my own licensor. So it was the fastest way to get launched, to get shop plugins launched at the time. Um, Good. Perfect. So uh, in that, and then, so in the last couple of years, so it's been running since, you know, so for about three to four years in that time, uh, a friend of mine who, um, he worked at WooThemes, I think right after I worked at WooThemes and quit. And then he quit uh, and launched Matoric, which is a reporting app similar to Bear Metrics, but it's specifically for WooCommerce. And so for years, I've been saying, oh, Matoric's awesome. I suggest I suggest it to clients and they use it. And I keep asking him, you know, Bryce, when are you going to build this for EDD? And he's like, never. <laughs> I'm never going to build this. I'm focusing just on WooCommerce. And so uh, the just in using WooCommerce, using his app, his reporting app for WooCommerce, just it always makes me want that data for um, for EDD. And so specifically, I want to look at my plugin sales for um, for over sort of all time, and then switch to last six months, and then just I want to look at report data for sales in a couple of different ways that are already built in to Matoric, but. It's it's built for a whole other platform. So so that's the idea. It's a it's a it's a total uh, rip pivot and jam, as TMBA would say, of that idea reporting idea, but for uh, but for easy digital downloads. So cool. I like it. Yeah, and I'm the first customer. Like I'm gonna hook it up to my site. Um, one of my contractors one runs a site. He sells with EDD. He'll hook it up there. And so there's already two people sort of lined up to use it and to get value from it. And so it's, and also I have sort of a blueprint of what what Bryce has done for Matoric. And I have talked to Bryce already about it. Like, Hey, I know I've been bugging you for years about this. Um, so I'm going to build it. And he's like, awesome, man, do it. He's, he's totally in my corner and, and cheer me on, which is great. It's, it's really good to have him, have him excited about it. But, um, yeah, that's what I'm going to, I'm going to build and be the first customer of. And so it's very similar to Peter's, you know, building of nomad list where he's the first customer of it to discover new places to go to, to travel to. Yeah, I like it. It hits a bunch of the checkboxes we talked about, kind of being in your niche, being interesting to you. You can dog food it and use it for yourself. Yep. All um, that. Yeah. So cool. So anybody who's listened to this point now has a leg up on people who are going to hear this on my mailing list at buildseason.com. Um, nice little plug there. Uh, but I'll, yeah, that's, what I'll be, that's the gist of what I'll be explaining in the update on Sunday. Cool. All right. So I think we're... We've beat this proverbial uh, idea to death. Uh, uh, it was good, though. It's I, I like talking about this topic because I sort of come back to this. I it reinforces my already set um, ideas and and around this topic of how to pick how to pick projects, and um, it's not something that I change on. So I, I I'm I like that I come back to the same. You know, this is this is why I believe what I believe. Uh, cool. I have no comment on that. (laughs) Well, do you have any comment on where can people find you on the internet? All right. As always, I am at Fideliper. My course that I'm building is mysqlbackups.tv. If you're interested at all in learning about the art of MySQL backups and all the things that people are actually not doing correctly. All of their SQL sins. I put the fear, the uncertainty, the doubt of your backup strategy out there. So you sign up and you learn. You're back. Marketing through fear. 
<laughs> your backups are burning in an eternal lake of fire. Yeah. Yep. Don't be that guy. Um, cool. I am GrowDev on Twitter, and I'm uh, doing Build Season, which is B-U-I-L-D-S-Z-N.com. And I will be launching this app that I just announced. Uh, I will be launching it January 1st, 2019. Come hell or high water, um, whether it's ready or not, here we go. Um, hopefully, it'll be ready. <laughs> so, um, But no, I'll be launching. I'm giving myself two months, and um, I will be in the SaaS business. All right. Sweet. All right. Well, thanks for listening, y'all. Leave us a review on iTunes if you are so inclined. A positive review would be fantastic. Uh, And uh, share and tell your friends about Has Opinions. And we will see you next week. Later. Goodbye. Goodbye.